We've been talking about Samson for the past couple weeks, and I don't know about you, but man, it's been an awesome experience to look at this uh, character that we've probably all heard of. Maybe we've even seen like a Veggie Tales about him or something like that. But we're getting to look at him with brand new eyes. We've learned that Samson was chosen by God before he was even born to be set apart as the savior of Israel, a judge. And we'll find this story in the book of Judges. See, the Philistines were terrorizing these people, and they needed a deliverer. Imagine what that's like if we had another country overtake us and to be in control of us and to take what they wanted when they wanted. We would want a savior, and God sent a savior to the people of Israel. But time after time, Samson chose to be driven by lust and anger and pride. He entertained sin in his life. He played with it. He made friends with the enemy. He broke every vow that he ever made to God. Samson is a case study on how to ruin your life. Now, God in his sovereignty used Samson for a greater purpose, but despite Samson, not because of Samson. What Samson meant for evil, God still was able to use for good. We last left Samson when he was being handed over to the Philistines by the men of Judah, the very people he was sent to save. They tied him up with a brand new rope and and delivered him to the Philistines. But Samson was super strong. He hawked out, kind of like Josh Tremblay. Uh, You know, everybody look at him. He just, he got his biceps out right now. (laughs) But he hawked out, broke the ropes, and he was able to Uh, Attack the Philistines. Judges 15 is going to talk about that. Verse uh, 14. It says, When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting to meet him. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became as flax that has caught on fire, like string that has caught on fire. And his bonds melted off his hands. And he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey and put out his hand and took it, and with it struck a thousand men. And Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, have I struck down a thousand men. So again, God used Samson to fight back against the Philistine, uh, Philistines, but Samson again touched a dead carcass. This was one of the vows that he made to God as a Nazarite, that he would never touch a dead body. He would never drink alcohol. He would never cut his hair. And, and he's steps out, and I don't know why he, you know, surely there was rocks or, or sticks around. I don't know why you go for a jawbone of a donkey as the weapon that, of your choice, but that's what he did. Again, he did things the wrong way, and then he takes the praise for it, right? His little poem here says, I have struck down a thousand men. Instead of giving God the glory for all of this strength that he had. But despite all that, God still gives second third, fourth, fifth chances to Samson. He isn't done with him yet. Aren't you thankful for a God like that? We can look at the life of Samson and we can say, man, this guy's dumb. He keeps sinning against God and we can be pretty hard on him, but I have been Samson. Doing things by my own power, my own way, breaking vows to God, chasing after the flesh. But if you're not dead, God's not done. 
If you're not dead, God's not done. No matter where you are in this life, no matter what you have done, you may have failed over and over and over again, but God can still get you to where he wants you to go. That's what's so amazing about an all-powerful and all-knowing and sovereign God. No matter how many detours you have taken, the journey isn't over. God can get you there from here. After all this, God still provides from Samson. He just killed a thousand men with a jawbone of a donkey. And as one is, at least in my experience, you're thirsty after that, right? He exhausts himself defeating the Philistines. And God provides him uh, miraculous water in a place where there is no water. Well, after this, you know, Samson learned his lesson. He followed God and lived happily thereafter, right? Now, sadly, no, right? Fast forward to chapter 16. We find him chasing women again. First in Gaza with a, a woman of the night. He, he's there with her, and he gets surrounded by the Philistines, and uh, he beats uh, them and heads to the walls of the, with the gate, and he picks the gate up, and he carries it up a mountain just to show off, right? Next in Sorek with a young woman named Delilah. Judges chapter 16, verse 4. He again finds himself in trouble. He said, after this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the Lord of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, seduce him. And to see where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to humble him. And we can give you, each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies, and how you might be bound that one may subdue you. See, the Philistines have learned what, that Samson's weakness is women. And they paid Delilah this crazy amount of money to get rid of their Samson problem. She begs Samson to tell her the secret to his strength. And he gives her fake answer after fake answer. And every time he gives her a fake answer, the uh, Philistines immediately bust in and try to, to uh, subdue him in that way. You would think he would catch on, right? First, he tells Delilah that if you bind me with bowstrings, then I will be weak. Philistines bust in, bind him with bowstrings. He breaks them off and kills the Philistines. And the same thing happens with brand new rope, with braiding his hair to the ground. Every time he tells Delilah the supposed secret, he's immediately ambushed and, and by the Philistines in that very way. Finally, he breaks down. He tells Delilah the truth. She wore him down. He keeps beating these guys, but... Uh, He's just playing games with them, and they, it's incredibly foolish. He didn't learn his lesson, but he tells her the truth in verse 16. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. Have, the kids, have your kids ever gotten you there? I've felt that way before, right? <laughs> vexed to death. And he told her of all his heart and said to her, a razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to judge uh, to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. He had to know what was coming next, right? It happened over and over and over again. He knew that this was a vow that he made to God, 
an outward symbol that he was set apart. His hair was this last vow that he hadn't broken. But look, he'd broken every other vow, right? And nothing bad had happened up to this point. Maybe he was still strong enough to beat his enemies. Maybe he bought into his own hype. I'm Samson. I'm the Savior. I'm the deliverer of Israel. Maybe he was just awesome. Maybe he didn't need to have uh, God give him strength. Maybe he could whip the Philistines with or without his hair. There have been no real consequences up to this point, right? So I guess I'm good. I can do whatever I want. Instead of seeing God's grace as a blessing, he saw it as permission to continue in his sinful ways. He didn't learn his lesson. So what about you? What have you gotten away with over and over and over again? And you've taken that as permission to continue to do those things rather than as grace and mercy and forgiveness. See, God's grace is not permission to disobey. What is that thing where you return to that sin over and over and over again and you're like, well, nothing bad's happened yet. I guess I'm good. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's pride. These things that uh, led Samson into chains. Maybe it's taking a little money from your company. You tell yourself, hey, look, I deserve a raise and they're not giving it to me, so I'll just take it. I work hard. They don't appreciate me, so you take what you want. Maybe, maybe it's the flirty text to a coworker where you're just kind of playing with sin. It's not, you're not crossing a line. She's just your work spouse. You're fine. You can handle this. Maybe it's taking a couple extra pills than the doctor describes just to get through the day. Maybe it's, it's flat out just not relying on God and believing the fact that you could do this thing called life on your own, that you're strong enough to go day after day without bowing your head to worship, without listening to his word or taking things to him in prayer. You might be thinking you're standing on your own two feet. We need to watch out. You might have a great fall. See, wise people learn from their mistakes. Foolish people go back to their sins. Don't mistake God's grace for permission, or you might find yourself, like Samson, in chains. So what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now that if you got it right and you repented today, that you would avoid so much humiliation, embarrassment, and bondage? What are you doing today that if you were to look back in two years, you would say to yourself, hey, you need to stop. You need to get it right while things are okay, while you've still been given that grace. See, it was bad that Samson was driven by lust and pride and anger. But what was worse was that he didn't learn his lesson. He didn't change. He didn't learn from his mistakes. And this is a perfect way to ruin your life. Don't be like Samson. Don't be like Samson. He thought he could handle it. Judges 16, chapter 18, tells us what happens. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up again, for he has told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money into their hands. She made him sleep on her knees, and she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. 
Then she began to torment him. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds crazy. What is she? She began to torment him. I don't know if she like started punching him or what. And his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. He awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as other times and shake myself free. This next part is so sad. It says, but he did not know the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged his eyes out and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground the mill in the prison. See, his hair was shaved. His strength was gone. He thought he could escape with brute force, just like all those other times. He thought he could handle this on his own. And he didn't even realize that the Lord had left him. Have you ever been there, right, where you thought things were okay, and then you look back over the last couple months, and you're like, man, I'm not sure that God was with me during this. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, that, that... I listened to his voice or followed him. Now, obviously, if you're saved, you know, and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not going to lose your salvation, but you might not hear the voice of God anymore. Most of the time, because we're not listening. So they captured him, and they, they plucked his eyes out and bound him in shackles, threw him in prison, made him grind a millstone like a donkey. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. The strength was given to him to save the people of Israel. He used it for himself, for lust, for revenge, for anger and pride. And now what little strength he had left was used to help make uh, bread for the enemy. Samson didn't learn from his mistakes. And nobody's perfect. Everyone falls sometimes. But the trick is to not make the same mistake over and over and over. There's lots of people in the Bible that screwed up, right? Jacob was a cheat. David had an affair. Noah got drunk. Peter had a temper. Paul helped murder people. Moses disobeyed. Sarah was impatient. Gideon was scared and insecure. But the difference is, is that these people grew. They didn't waste their mistakes. Their mistakes were stepping stones to growth. They changed. Samson ruined his life because he didn't turn around when God was trying to get his attention. He didn't repent. Now he's blind, he's imprisoned, and humiliated. The Bible gives us graphic descriptions for people that don't learn from their mistakes. If you've got a queasy stomach, just plug your ears. Uh, Proverbs 26, 11 says, Like a dog returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Man, that's vivid, right? When we go back to the same mistake over and over and over again, we're like a dog that does something disgusting. Dogs are driven by their flesh, and so are fools. Samson found himself eating honey out of a dead lion, and dogs aren't that much different. I believe part of Samson's problem is that he believed that he was okay, that he could handle it. He had always said, fought his way out before. He'd always figured it out, not even realizing that God had left him. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says it this way. This one's not as gross. It says, therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Samson thought he was okay on his own. He broke vow after vow to God, and it eventually caught up to him. Don't mistake God's grace for permission. 
Just because you got away with something doesn't mean the punishment or the consequences aren't coming. Get right today. Get in front of it. Wise people learn from their mistakes. Foolish people go back to their sin. Don't be like Samson. But if you're not dead, God's not done. And God isn't done with Samson yet. Next week, we're going to see what God does next. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's just take a few minutes and take a breath. Search your heart right now. Don't think about what happens next, lunch, or or what you got to do this week. Allow God to begin searching your heart right now. What mistakes are you making that you need to learn from? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like a foolish dog. I don't want to fall when I think I'm okay. I don't want to go through life without realizing the Lord has left me. I haven't heard from him in a long time, and, I, and honestly, I haven't been listening. What could you change right now that in two years you would be so happy that you did? What sin or habit or um, uh, you know, being cro- controlled by your emotions, what thing do you need to get right? God's grace is not permission to disobey. God, search our heart for any wicked way in us. God, please help us to cast the burden of our sin at your feet. God, help us to repent and to turn around. Help this day, this moment to be a warning to get things right. Help us to learn from the life of Samson. Help us not to make the same mistakes over and over again. God, help us to take that offer of forgiveness again. God, we thank you that you are a God that offers mercy and grace and forgiveness and comfort. God, today, save someone's marriage. Even if it's hard, even if that means going through some fights and some anger and some bitterness and some uh, just pain, God, help us to face where our sin has brought us. And help us to change from here before it's too late. God, save someone's job today. God, help us to change things today that is going to help us not lead ourselves into chains and destructions and blindness and embarrassment and humiliation. God, save someone's life today. God, help us to run back to you. Before we sing, let's just take some moments of silence and search our heart right now.
Dear Jesus, if there be anyone today that's listening online or here in person that does not know you, God, Lord, I pray that they would repent of their sin, turn around, and accept the gift of salvation. Accept the gift that you died for our sins so that we didn't have to pay the price. God, I pray that we would turn from our sin and put our faith in what you did on the cross as the only means of our salvation. Lord, as we continue to sing, I pray that you would be honored and glorified. Even now, God, as uh, we continue throughout this day, God, bring up things. Help us not to ignore the places where we're going back to that sin over and over again. Help us to make strides. Help us to grow. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray.